to another episode of Marketing Talks Podcast. I am your host, Michael Smith, and thank you for joining me. This is a really cool episode that I was really looking forward to recording. Um, and I actually did record it two months ago, and then I feel really bad that it took me this long to get it out. But I actually have a bit of a development in my my life, and that was actually I got a new role. As many of you know, I um, work at a law firm. Well, I used to work at a law firm uh, as a digital marketer, but I have recently switched gears, and I'm now a project manager at an advertising firm. Um, it's been a, it's a pretty big step for me. It's a probably the most drastic change I've had in my career uh, going from someone who's had a very hands-on practical career of like actually content creation and updating websites and emails and all that fun digital marketing stuff uh, to kind of take the step of just kind of leading and not actually doing any of it is a is an interesting step for me right now and it's something I've actually you know, I came in pretty cautious with, I was, wasn't sure if this is the right move. I felt it was the right move for my career, but not necessarily, uh, you know, when it comes to like my creative output or um, if it was something I would enjoy, but uh, it turns out I really enjoy it. Um, it's been about two months now and I really, turns out I like spreadsheets. I've always liked spreadsheets and I know this about myself and I like forecasting. I didn't, don't know why it's a surprise. I love doing my monthly budget of my own expenses. So I'm not surprised that I enjoy forecasting out for the year and <laughs> looking at the hours that the, the team is doing. So it's been a great move. If anyone is thinking about making a move to agency or anything, outreach to me. I better I'm more than welcome to talk about uh, what to expect. Having said that, I did record this episode two months ago um, and it was a fantastic episode. It was Something that's been on my mind for a long time is reusable packaging and how we as, you know, marketers, but, you know, companies as a whole can make this more sustainable. And I keep seeing stories about Loop, who is a company that's helping these very large multinational companies come up with reusable packaging solutions. Uh, and I, I seem to just get a, a slew of them all in one go. Um, you know, I'd see it on LinkedIn and then I would see it on Instagram and I'd see it on Twitter and I was just like, this company is doing incredibly well. So I outreached to their PR, um, which I don't usually do. Usually when I record these episodes, it's someone that I know. So it's a bit easier for me to get someone and uh, get a yes. But I, thankfully they replied and like, yeah, we'd love to have someone on. They put me in touch with Mark Violo, who is the head of marketing. And a, a special shout out to Charlotte for setting this up. Uh, it's a great interview. I think they're offering a solution that we need. I think as much as we can bring our reusable bags and as consumers and try our best to uh, reduce our own plastic and spending, I, we really do need these large brands and companies on board and they need a solution uh, to make life easy and you know not make packaging a barrier, but actually like reusable packaging, I think with Loop, it can be a benefit to consumers as well as the companies themselves. And uh, I think that's, you know, you get that kind of Venn diagram of uh, benefits and you've got a great solution. I think Loop is offering that. So without further ado, let's uh, jump into this episode and I hope you enjoy. But yeah, we'll, we'll jump in. Um, I'm, I'm really excited for this uh, interview, actually. I think well, what Luke does is is pretty impressive and, and important. But uh, I guess, for, first of all, for anyone who, who might not know, uh, what does Loop actually do and uh, kind of what's your role within the team? Yeah, so uh, Loop is, to put it simply, um, 
the milkman of the 21st century. So remember, uh, potentially your parents or, or yourself, uh, you had the good old milkman that come to your door, drop uh, uh, some fresh milk and glass bottles to your door. And then uh, the next day, he'll pick up your empty milk bottle and he'll replace it with a, uh, with a new full milk bottle uh, without creating any waste and uh, uh, offering you the delight of fresh milk and a sturdy uh, glass bottle. Um, so this is, you know, something that has been, um, you know, out and about for, for quite some time. And actually what we're doing with Loop is just uh, revamping this, uh, this model of, of reuse um, to be applied to every single product that we, that we consume on a day-to-day on -day basis. So in order to do this, uh, we partner with large brands, smaller brands as well, uh, and um, uh, mainstream uh, retailers um, in order to provide uh, products, a variety of products in reusable containers uh, in these different retail uh, spots. So to give you an example, uh, you know, we work with Coca-Cola or we work with uh, um, uh, Danone for, for yogurt or, or water. Um, and you can simply go uh, to a, a participating retailer in France. We work with Carrefour, for example. In the UK, we work with Tesco. In uh, Canada, we work with Loblaws. Um, and so you'll be able to uh, go either online or in their store to buy uh, your Coca-Cola your, your, uh, Coca drink in a glass bottle. And once you're done, uh, you'll simply bring it back uh, to the store or um, give it back to the delivery man uh, on your, your next order. Um, and then Loop will take care of cleaning that uh, empty package. Uh, and then um, having it refilled by the brand partners before uh, putting it back in distribution. And, um, just, just to kind of clarify a little bit, like let's say, you know, you have Coke um, soft drink and you, you have that glass Coke bottle. Does Loop always, like, can I then say, well, actually I want to switch that to Pepsi or even a different brand of Coke, like Sprite or something. Do you just use that for the same type of product or is that like, this is, no, this is your Coke bottle? Yeah, that's a great question, actually. Um, so obviously, you know, the packaging is a, is a really important asset for all of these, uh, all of these brands. And, uh, and so, you know, the, every single brand will still be very close to, um, to their, do their own design of packaging, potentially their own material. And so um, we don't mix products uh, in different containers. Uh, every product will be refilled uh, in its uh, container of, of origin. Um, and the idea with Loop is that we try to uh, maximize the number of cycles that these containers uh, will be used for, uh, obviously to uh, uh, to make sure that uh, this this uh, glass or stainless steel container um, will be uh, will be used as as yeah. Many just times just curious to to know where where the branding aspect for that them comes in. So that that's really interesting. And uh, you know, uh, I, I forgot to re-ask her is like, what what is your role within the team? So I've been working with Loop as a director of marketing for Loop in Europe for the past two years. Um, the team has, has grown a lot uh, since, but effectively this means uh, everything from um, 
our, our digital marketing strategy, our customer service needs, uh, the very important customer insights um, um, practice that, that we run. So obviously this is a very disruptive way of consuming and distributing goods. Uh, and we don't have the pretension uh, to have all the answers, right? So the goal of the marketing team here is really to work hand in hand with uh, our consumers through you know, as, as many uh, quantitative, qualitative uh, researches as, as possible um, in order to build this new model, this new ecosystem of reuse um, in a way that will really answer the current needs of uh, consumers that are, you know, really done with the, you know, over overflowing uh, uh, overflowing trash bins and uh, uh, and really looking to to find new ways to to yeah, just consume. Yeah, I think it's just so important. And I, like as a consumer myself, like I don't. Do you get Lumen products over in the UK? The the men's uh, like I. I get these ads yeah. all the time and I'm just, I'm going to call them out. Like all their packaging is black and you can't recycle black packaging. So I'm not going to use it. Like, and that is like mm. a, a sticking point for me. And I know I'm not the only one when it comes to like, you just get this immense amount of packaging for products and you just avoid using them. <laughs> and I, I think what you're, what you're doing oh, is course. really smart and really um, capturing the, what people are feeling at the moment, um, particularly. And, and I, I want to talk about your growth a little bit because I know um, I kind of, I, I, I'd heard the name Loop a few times, but more recently, uh, I believe you got Huggin Darts um, testing the, the service, at least in Toronto. Um, and then I saw that on LinkedIn. And then, yes. you know, I think an hour later, I saw it on Instagram and then I saw it on my Facebook. And I just like, I just felt like I was, and not, never was a paid promotion. It was just like, you know, a friend sharing the content. Um, so I was just wondering, like, what kind of growth are you seeing at the moment? Because, like, definitely getting a lot of coverage. Look, we we work in a in a really interesting space, right? Because um, the waste crisis, uh, a number of other environmental issues, have really uh, made it from uh, the niche parts of media outlets to uh, front page. Um, and what that means is that the consumer awareness around these topics has, has never been bigger. Uh, so there's a huge appetite. Um, and this huge appetite is also really pushing brands to completely revisit the way um, they, they, they offer uh, their, their product range uh, and also the way they communicate about it. Um, and so this is where Luke comes in as a natural partner uh, for reuse uh, because, um, so to take a step back, so Luke is a, uh, is a project of a company called TerraCycle uh, that was uh, founded by Tom Zaki, uh, a Canadian, uh, but uh, yeah, who, who, who founded TerraCycle, which is a, an innovative recycling uh, company uh, about 18 years ago uh, in the States, in, in, in New Jersey. Um, and, you know, we, it took us uh, about 15 years to gather 
the credit necessary with uh, the brand partners such as Hagen Daz and, and the many others we work with uh, to embark them on a journey that was going to be a, a painful journey of innovation where uh, you're basically revisiting the way uh, you've optimized your supply chains over the past number of decades. Uh, and so we're really happy to work with uh, partners like Hagen does who, um, you know, have really played uh, the game uh, of thinking what reuse can bring um, to add, what, what type of added value can, um, uh, can reuse bring to the consumer, um, not only in terms of the environmental benefits of you know, not having to throw away a packaging when it's done, but also in terms of uh, the delightment in terms of customer experience. So for example, um, the Haagen-Dazs ice cream container sold on loop is made of stainless steel. Um, and, it's, and it's designed in a way that enables ice cream to stay uh, ice cold uh, a couple of hours after it's been removed from, from your freezer. So uh, what's great about investing in packaging uh, that will be uh, built to last uh, dozens, if not hundreds of cycles, is that the, the, the manufacturer can now invest a bit more in features that are actually going to increase uh, consumer delight. So. Uh, instead of having, uh, you know, a, a packaging that is uh, made uh, to be thrown away instantly after it's, the product has been consumed, you now have something um, that, you know, I'm almost going to be proud to offer to my friends, for example, or I'm going to, uh, yeah, just to be really happy about having this, uh, for example, these uh, uh, Clorox detergents, uh, uh, container in my in my kitchen because it just looks nicer on top of being yeah, better for I mean, the environment. I think there's a real advantage. Um, so, just like hey, having your brand there for a long time, right? Like obviously having that packaging, just saying Hagen Dots or Coke or whatever it may be, like that's great branding. Um, but I just feel like there's even opportunities, like as far as like we're, we're becoming really comfortable with subscription models right now. Like you know, if you tied into that where you could be like hey get a new flavor of Hagen dots or chocolate or whatever it may be each month you know with your something you know for 10 bucks a month or whatever it may be mm -hmm. like there's just there's a lot of opportunity uh beyond obviously some of the the more com corporate responsibility aspects to it I, I think there's some really strong advantages from a, a marketing perspective and also, once you buy the packaging, right, you're you're kind of tying yourself into that brand. Um, you know, it's kind of kind of like the old printer and ink <laughs> thing, right? Like, offer the print of a cheap and then offer the ink really expensively. Like, people are kind of tied into it, so that that I think also adds an advantage. Um, I, I did want to I did want to ask about though that kind of corporate responsibility aspect. But do do you feel at the moment, uh, as far as switching packaging, um, a company's kind of coming to you more out of that corporate responsibility, or is it because there is more of a a market demand for it at the moment? Um, I would say the majority of the conversations we're we're having are really uh, genuine 
um, and, and, and driven by the leadership of these multinationals. Um, because, you know, there is, even though it's incredibly difficult for them and expensive for companies like Nestle, for example, to completely revisit the way it produces and packages uh, goods, um, you know, there's just no way around it. And, uh, and I think, yes, um, there is always a great, uh, a great comms exercise for, for these brands uh, who will be able to leverage uh, partnerships with Loop in their impact reports or in their sustainability strategy. But I think it goes much deeper now uh, and we're past this, uh, um, you know, the, the kind of greenwashing. Yes, it, it, still, it still exists. Um, but I, I strongly believe based on the conversation we've been having with our partners that they're not just doing this for the short term. They're really um, investing time, money, and people into exploring what is the distribution model of the future because um, the status quo doesn't work. And, um, and I think consumers are slowly shifting their preferences towards brands that, you know, are, are environment first. And, uh, uh, you know, like many um, trends, you can look, you know, technology is a beautiful example. It starts slow, it starts niche, but quickly these, these trends become mainstream. And, um, and I think uh, with every uh, new image of, uh, unfortunately, a, you know, a turtle with a straw up its nose or uh, God knows what other uh, horror you might see uh, online. Well, you know, this is just another ad for um, all of the amazing uh, environmentally driven innovations that are out there. And, and there's, there's Loop, but there's many other incredible um, uh, companies doing, uh, doing uh, you know, uh, business models around um, around bulk, around reuse, uh, around subscription models, as you mentioned. Um, and, um, and I think the ones not investing or exploring into these uh, will in, in the end yeah, be the no, one that- I 100% agree. And I feel like a lot of companies do want to move that direction. And that's why it's, it's good like a company like Loop can come along and kind of take that burden off them a little bit um, and offer them solutions as, as well as kind of- uh, almost like a proven uh, method of promoting that fact and because it's behavior change right like that that's not easy to necessarily create so really kind of informing um the public that hey this thing that you already do for coke now you can do for ice cream you know it's like kind of putting that all in perspective it really helps and uh make, makes it easy for them um yeah, and, and you know, we, we even have, um, and I, I won't cite these, these brands, but we have a number of brands who work with us and who actually don't even want to talk or shout too loud about their partnership because they just don't want to be seen as doing greenwashing because they, they still think that um, this partnership is, is part of an exploration of new business models, but until they, they get to scale, um, you know, they... they Prefer keeping yeah, it on, on the hush. Yeah, I think it's a smart move too. Um, 
it's it's almost like here here's another product offering and another way to distribute. We don't necessarily need to put, push it out too loudly, but like when the when the time comes, we can make the the quick switch. And as you mentioned, the the behavior change piece, right? So. Uh, because this is so new, neither the retailer, the brand, or ourselves, you know, the logistic enabler, the ecosystem builder, um, we don't we we don't know exactly what it will take to completely shift this uh, consumer behavior of of going into a store, taking the product, consuming the product, and then bringing it back and making this as seamless as possible, making this as easy as possible as throwing an empty uh, package into the bin. Uh, and so, you know, it's incredibly important that we collect as much insights and learnings um, in order to build something that, you know, is not uh, designed by businesses uh, for consumers, but also almost designed by consumers for consumers. And I, I generally felt like the tide was kind of changing about five, I would say five years ago. Like, I just feel like you know, obviously everyone was kind of aware of waste, um, but that's kind of, I feel around the mark that people kind of work up to single-use plastics. And obviously then you started seeing governments that really went up to straws. Straws was the big one. <laughs> uh, do you, would you kind of agree with that timeline? I know, I know you've been at the company two years, but I'm, I'm sure you've had discussions uh, kind of when consumers kind of really woke up and wanted to change. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, government has a huge uh, part to play um, and, and the success of uh, reuse models uh, and other uh, initiatives that are aiming to reduce the amount of plastic we consume or reduce the amount of single um, single use packaging we are we consume and, and are on the market. Um, it's it's really crucial that you know there's an effort that comes from business. There's initiative and incentive that is being uh, driven by government, and then you know that the consumers also play their part when they have two products uh, priced similarly to you know maybe take a, take the step to to try try the in, environmentally uh, uh, positive one um, so and you know because I focus mostly on the on the European market um, France has a current uh, a circular economy law um, which has a, a very bold plan to uh, remove for example all single use packaging from um, QSR, so um, um, fast food, uh, fast food restaurants, um, by uh, 2022, I think, end of 22. Uh, so uh, companies like McDonald's, who are partners of Loop or Burger King, are obviously looking at ways to, um, you know, to comply with these government-imposed regulations. Um, and you know, and kudos for. Uh, the French government on having these these bold um, these bold goals that uh, you know they've actually integrated in 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 commercial law, so these will be implemented. Um, and uh, you know, and and I know that uh, at least in Europe, on a, on a European regulation standpoint, um, uh, this is this is becoming the norm, right? Um, in the U.S., I have a little less knowledge in terms of uh, 
of what what has been uh, what has been uh, implemented. I know that uh, you know you have uh, incredibly strong plastic lobbies that are not necessarily helping the overall agenda against uh, single use. Um, but I think that uh, businesses. Uh, are potentially investing twice as much in the U.S. because uh, if if the government won't do it, then um, I guess the the businesses yeah, will have I, I to think step in. The U.S. is a like being kind of the the federal model that it, it's more state level uh, and city level changes that it's uh, seem to be coming in. I don't think it's ever going to come to the, the federal government kind of kicking in on that one. It's the same in Canada too, right? It's more it's province level. It's not necessarily. Um, federal government creating creating these bands yeah. um that and, and france is impressive to me because like you you hear some of these the laws that come out of france and it's just like wow they're willing to try things <laughs> like the, the ugly uh fruit and vegetable law that kicked in a few years ago um not being able to throw out anything yeah uh, that just looks ugly uh in grocery stores i think is a great idea i also wasn't it like every new build now needs to have a, a rooftop garden or something I think. Uh, I mean, I, I I wouldn't be surprised. There is there's a, a definitely a, a number of them popping up yeah. left, right, and center. In, uh, in I, I did want to um, ask about like kind of the if you have any demographic insights of people that are kind of gravitating towards these products. I mean, I think we can all kind of assume it might not be the boomers, but uh, it'd be good to hear from an actual expert of uh, mm. who's actually kind of more looking towards these products. Yeah, so I would say there's, you know, everyone's interested, um, but there's definitely uh, categories of, of, of people too, and uh, specifically that, that come to mind. Um, and without necessarily focusing on, a, on an age uh, range, uh, really on a type of profile, you have, uh, I would say the, the the eco activists, so people who you know are already uh, buying bulk, are already uh, you know drinking their their water and reusable bottle uh, bottles. So you know these people don't have to be convinced uh, anymore. Um, and then you have the eco conscious consumers who uh, are potentially using Loop as like their first. Um, step into sustainable consumption. You know, they're they're kind of trying things around. They're uh, they feel really concerned by what they see in uh, you know in movies like uh, uh, the Sir David Attenborough's Blue Planet, um, and you know they're really on the beginning of their journey. And initiatives like like Loop is really helping them to um, you know to to take this these first simple steps. Um, to feel that they are, they can actually have an impact. Um, if we look now in terms of, of age range, um, you know, definitely with, with Loop, uh, I'd say, uh, well, the, the, the average consumer uh, is generally more female than male. So we have uh, about 66% of our, of our uh, customers that are female, uh, and the average age is going to be around 35 38 years of age. Um, also because, you know, 
you, when you buy a Loop product, you will pay uh, a deposit on each uh, product that you that you buy. So on on the, the packaging of that product, and when you return that packaging, uh, you're effectively going to be given that uh, that deposit back. Um, so for um, students, for example, um, that might be a bit difficult because they might not have this disposable income that allows them for everything they buy to place a few cents uh, or a few dollars uh, of, of deposit, even though you know 100% of this amount will be reimbursed. Um, so that explains a slight, um, uh, you know, slightly slightly older age range of uh, people with potentially a, a bit more disposable income as well. Uh, you um, kind of mentioned the 35 female thing, and that that, that kind of I, I'm almost there. I'm not female, but I'm almost there as far as the age goes. Um, yeah. And a lot of my female friends are having kids and starting families. And I wonder if that also plays a little bit into, A, they're, they're, the female mother is still generally the person who does the grocery shopping, at least a majority of it, uh, in, in the family dynamic. Um, and I guess they're also like thinking of their you know, futures for their children as well. So I, I also wonder if that plays a little bit into that that age range too. But definitely, obviously, having the income um, helps too. Uh, I also do wonder. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. I'd like to, you know, to if, if I could jump on on that um, uh, family uh, family point that that you raised. Um, I think the biggest ad for, for Loop and, and other reuse initiatives is that the more people are in a household, um, the faster the bin gets filled, right? And every time you have to empty your bin, um, you know, it's generally um, not a, a particularly enjoyable experience. Um, and every time you see that bin fill up, um, you just realize like, oh my God, how much single use packaging am I using? It's like, it's, it's, it's becoming absurd. Um, and so the more people you have in this household, um, the more the reasons to, instead of putting everything in the bin, just, you know, uh, try, try as much as possible to opt for, for reuse options. So definitely we're seeing among our, our group of customers a, a, a tendency to have between, you know, in, 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 in France, it's, it's 1.6, so I guess between one and two um, uh, child per, per household. Um, but yeah, for, for me, it makes, uh, it makes total sense that, that you know, this would, uh, this would cater to, um, to larger households as opposed to um, people yeah, and you're living also by themselves. able to justify the investment in the initial um, packaging right like because you're you're going to be using it more often um that so that makes more sense too mm -hmm. uh and i also wonder like with with the the student thing if it, it's a bit like a almost like a bank account right like you get them young and you end up staying with that bank forever so i'm wondering if like in the future yeah. we'll see like free packaging for students just to get that brand loyalty and um would also make a bit of sense yeah you know i i think I think what what I've learned over my past two years with Loop is, um, you know, we have we haven't shifted our, our our business model. We haven't necessarily shifted our our overall strategy. The vision is really strong, um, but we are constantly reacting to 
the, the, the wills and wants of the customers that we speak to, right? So um, might it be the type of packaging that uh, we suggest our partners to use? Might it be uh, the price of the deposits that we um, recommend these brand partners to use? Might it be um, the way we um, incentivize consumers to return their packaging in store via our collection points? Um, you know, so I think there's so much area to innovate in this space because it is basically like reinventing um, a model that has, you know, that has been optimized over the past 60 years, you know, which is really, you know, the model of mass consumption and mass convenience. Um, and so because we're only at the very beginning, there's so much room for multiple players to, uh, to, to compete and collaborate. Um, and, um, and a lot of room for existing uh, super, you know, super players like, you know, the, the Kroger and Walgreens in the U.S. are, are two retail partners, um, you know, to, to think about, okay, well, what does um, the, the customer journey in store for a customer who buys uh, reuse uh, products in, in reusable um packaging, what does that look like? Um, and, how would, and how do we make sure that it's as enjoyable, as convenient, if not more, um, than when he goes in store to buy his, his normal? Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely think this is something that will be adopted. Like, and I've, we've seen it adopted. Like in um, Ontario, like we, every alcohol bottle, you get a refund on and everyone does it. And I think it's something like 90% people return their, their liquor bottles because they know they get a refund and after time you just put it on the street and uh, you know someone homeless will come along and pick it up for you but just even that alone helps and i remember being in germany and like they they have that pretty ingrained in society there of any uh bottle you just give back to the the retailer and they give you a five cent refund like people do it and they have done it and i, I to think that it's too hard on the consumer to do that i i think is wrong thinking i think people We'll we'll uh, adapt to this very quickly. Yeah, no, I think you're 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 right. As long you know, it's important that there is an incentive because some of these uh, uh, containers, if you take the Hagendas containers for example, it's you know it's beautiful, it's super sturdy. So you know, um, if it was given at no cost or at a very, very small deposit fee, it's very likely that most consumers wouldn't necessarily return them. So, you know, the, the deposit is here to make sure that, you know, there is this trust that makes the ecosystem works. Um, but then, yeah, obviously what's, what's uh, beautiful to see is that if we take uh, the past two years of, of, uh, of Loop, you know, we're seeing incredible return rates. Um, you know, on at, at 60 days, we're seeing close to 80% uh, 80% re return rate, knowing that we, there's obviously containers like, you know, spices that, you know, will take longer to consume than, than that. So, you know, for um, a model which is, uh, which is very new, you know, these, these KPIs are super encouraging. Uh, and likewise, if we look at our repeat rates, um, which is way stronger than any e-commerce platform, um, you know, it's proving that once 
um, the consumer uh, tries uh, reuse, um, you know, he gets hooked on quite quickly. I, I did want to ask a, a little bit about a little bit about last year. I feel like it might COVID might have been a bit of a stumbling block. Um, I know where I am, like most of the big coffee chains stopped uh, taking reusable cups. Um, Bulk Barn, uh, which is a, a big chain in Canada, they, you know, we usually bring a refillable container. They they decided to not allow that. I'm just wondering, uh, has that been a bit of a stumbling block? And and do you think consumers will be quick to return to behavior when, when that's allowed? Yeah, so listen, you know, COVID has been uh, definitely catastrophic for um for the environment in terms of you know putting a lot of PPE uh, in in the nature um, it has dropped uh, uh, oil prices considerably in 2020 which basically meant that it was more uh, um, expensive to buy recycling uh, re recycled plastics than uh, than virgin ones uh, and obviously uh, you know I, I heard today for example that, um, a single, uh, single use uh, packaging uh, ketchup uh, sachets, you know, are, um, are, are, you know, up 25% in, in the US. So all of these are, mm -hmm. are, are, are bad news. Um, and if you look at the reuse models, a lot of them have indeed been uh, canceled due to health and safety concerns. Uh, but this is reuse models with consumers filling up themselves, or for Starbucks case is, you know, you giving up your cup to the Starbucks employee, he, him then filling, uh, filling up this cup with coffee and giving it to you straight back. So, you know, I can see the, ha the hazard right here. Uh, if you look at the model that um, Loop follows, the time that will, uh, elapse between uh, the moment where you will drop your empty container in a collection bin in a participating store um, and the moment where this container will actually be uh, so collected, then cleaned, then refilled by that uh, brand partner and then put back into a uh, put back into an aisle, you know it's gonna take a couple of weeks minimum. So, the, the risks of contamination completely die uh, with that lapse of time. Um, so if anything, we Loop hasn't necessarily uh, been particularly hit uh, uh, because we've been uh, uh, available online um, in, in all of our active markets. So the UK, France, and the US, uh, and, and Canada for a few months now. Um, you know, we've actually seen pretty good numbers. Um, and, you know, I think as long as uh, there's clear communication about the safety measures that are, um, that are put into place, um, you know, I think what, what COVID also has uh, created is a, a real lifestyle um, change where consumers are saying that, you know, They've they've had a lot of time to think over the past year, and they're willing to make changes um, that are potentially going to, uh, you know, prevent some of these uh, negative uh, environmental 
um, events from from happening. You know, uh, climate change obviously is is being debated uh, debated daily. Um, I think consumers, um, because they've been traveling less, because they've been shopping less, um, well, they've had a little more disposable income to spend on quality products. So you know, the rise of uh, organic uh, foods, the rise of um, you know, brands that are, you know, taking a stance um, and proudly um, communicating the values that, that they stand for and that their products stand for. So, um, yes, it's been catastrophic from, a, you know, the rise of a lot of sing more single-use packaging, but I think it has... Uh, drastically increased the awareness of consumers that uh, the way we consume needs to change. Um, and, uh, and this is where a lot of innovative companies can come and um, satisfy that yeah, need. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely agree with that. I think it's, it's made everyone take a little bit more of a step back and uh, I think be a bit more, um, have more intention, I think is a good, a good term to use when it comes to like purchasing and, mm -hmm. and the, the products that they use. So uh, I really want to thank you for coming on and uh, chatting about this. I think, uh, you know, out of the four Ps, the, the um, packaging doesn't get as much love. So it's really cool to have a, a chat about uh, a big problem uh, that I think you're offering a great solution for. And, you know, as a consumer, I, I, I think we all get a little bit of tension around this um, and guilt that we would love to have relieved. So um, I think this is, this is a great solution. If anyone wants to, maybe if they're they're in a position where they might be able to use Loop, or is there any way they should go to reach out? Yeah, absolutely. So first, um, you know, thanks a lot um, for for the invitation, Michael. Um, it's it's been a pleasure. Um, and you know, depending on where you're located, if you're listening from Canada, you can. Uh, uh, go and check out our, our product range on loopstore.ca. If you're in the U.S., loopstore.com. Uh, soon uh, uh, to be uh, in-store in uh, Walgreens and Kroger. If you're in the U.K., uh, loopstore.co.uk, and soon in-store at Tesco. And if it, if you're in France, you can uh, shop uh, your Loop products Sounds straight good. at Carrefour. And if they want to reach out to you, you're on LinkedIn or Twitter or anything you want to plug? Yeah, please uh, send me a message, Mark Biolo, on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, I'll on, put those links on, on the, the call notes too. But thank you for joining us um, for a little bit behind the scenes. But Mark's actually in the UK. I'm in Vancouver. So time zones were a bit fun for us. <laughs> so appreciate you uh, taking a little bit of your evening to, to come chat with us. And uh, yeah, thanks again. My pleasure. Have a good uh, good evening, Michael.